being seated. You may be seated. Good to have all of you here. And I uh, have been studying um, actually for uh, our Monday night Bible study. It's kind of a, just an in-depth study in the Word of the Lord. You're welcome to join us in person or online. And we have gone through Revelation a couple of times and looked at various aspects of it and, and kind of we move off of it for a bit because it gets so heavy. And uh, <clears throat> there's so much going on in our world that lines up with the Bible, with the Word of God. I, I noticed this week, as probably all of you did, that the United States State Department uh, <clears throat> warned all of the United uh, citizens, U.S. citizens, to please exit Russia as quickly as possible. I also saw that uh, Blinken uh, went and uh, had a high-level meeting with China and came back and said that China is considering uh, sending uh, reinforcements and arms to Russia to help in the offensive against Ukraine. And so it's like they're marrying, you know, uh, we'll send you arms and then we'll join. And as you know, south of there is Israel. And of course, Israel fired rockets at Syria and uh, at Damascus and Iran uh, linked with, anyway, it's just a wonderful to see all the little puzzle pieces coming together and uh, you may say well pastor that scares me well I, I will uh, want to encourage you it's not to be to scare you the Bible says it is to show us what hour we're living in and the signs of the times and we are are not to be uh, <clears throat> you know um, Abraham knew that the Lord was moving towards Sodom to uh, there was judgment about to happen Happen. And I believe that as the church, we ought to be able to easily see where things are lining up in our world uh, for uh, a massive world war. And you say, well, we're just not going to do it. We're, we're going to stop it. I'm going to tell you that the Lord's got these players and he can tweak it right to where they are willing to go and do. And it, it is, he said, don't, don't look down when you you can see this. Don't get depressed. Don't look for a, a bunker. I, I I saw somebody talking about how to build now a, a shelter. Don't work, don't look down. He, you know what he said specifically? Yeah. Amen. Look the other direction. Yeah. Look up. <laughs> Redemption. Drawing nigh. So uh, anyway, it's uh, <clears throat> just. Uh, Kind of uh, exciting, as I said, we were in Annapolis and there and just a few blocks from the Naval Academy and pre preaching at the uh, Wright's Church and uh, doing a marriage seminar. And, and uh, you, when you are right there and you are uh, seeing, you know, the, one of the uh, premier uh, colleges or training centers for uh, the U.S. And, and 
ships that are there and, and uh, the security and all of that, it reminds you that guess what? Uh, the Lord is still in control of all of this, no matter what else is going on. And so <clears throat> what a privilege to uh, be able to feel the presence of the Lord today and to know that we are growing apostolic legacy. And uh, we have, I, I was uh, teaching on this grow class and I'm going to start on on uh, some of the feast uh, later move to the tabernacle. Some ask about the tabernacle and just sort of in depth looking at some of those things. And of course, many of you familiar with all of, all of that, but just trying to retouch some of those bases. In fact, <clears throat> uh, Brother Gastineau uh, had a uh, old uh, thing of the tabernacle plan that Brother Ninover, I think Brother and Sister Ninover and, and others worked on and built this scale and I uh, told him when he gets it repaired I want to use it there in the class or at least uh, kind of use it as a visual aid and uh, I was <clears throat> been thinking about all of that and studying about all of that and I, I really began to think about the burnt offering. And I know, I don't want to get overwhelm you all and I'm not going to preach on all of what I'm going to teach on. I'm, But it was just sort of revelatory to me um, about the burnt offering. And I was studying it and then knowing that uh, Brother Jet is going to be baptized today, I uh, wanted to uh, just sort of explain uh, maybe in, in uh, quick terms why this offering was so important and why it was the first offering mentioned in the book of Leviticus uh, that it was not offered first, but it's the first that was uh, discussed in the book of Leviticus by God. And it involved uh, that of killing an animal and then burning it on the altar. And we'll talk some more about it specifically kind of as we go forward. But just for those of you that probably already know this, you realize that in, the, in Genesis, the first chapter, the first book of the Bible or the Torah, as we would know, the first five books of the law, it starts out in the beginning, God, and it talks about the creation of man, the creation of the planet, and then the fall of mankind. And the fall is so real and and the destruction of mankind not only in the flood but then as it comes back sort of the visual image in the last verse of the book of Genesis which is uh, interesting is it shows a man by the name of Joseph and it says basically he is put in a coffin in Egypt that's the ultimate death death burial, it's over. So Genesis starts out on a high and ends on a low. It ends on Joseph being dead in the land of Egypt. The, then the next book is Exodus and it sounds like this little word right over here, exit, because that's what the book means. It means the way out. It means the way to get out 
of whatever they were, had gotten themselves into from Genesis 1 and 1 till the Genesis, the 50th chapter and the end. Now the book of Exodus is the way out. And it, con it contains laws and it contains tabernacle pieces. It contains how to uh, design and build the tabernacle and all of these things. And when you read, in fact, in Exodus, the 19th chapter, the Lord's plan was very specific. He did not want, basically, to set up a priesthood and, and Aaron and his sons, and that's what happened in Exodus. But when you read very carefully, Exodus, the 19th chapter, starting at the third verse, it says, and Moses went up unto God, and the Lord called unto him out of the mountain, saying, thus thou shalt say to the house of Jacob and tell the children of Israel. Now therefore if they will obey my voice, keep my covenant you shall be a peculiar treasure to me above all people for all the earth is mine and you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests a holy nation these are the words which thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel. You shall be the priesthood for all of Israel. Now Simon Peter threw that on the church in the New Testament when he wrote in his book, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praise of him that called you out of darkness into this marvelous light. So what a privilege that we have to be kings and priests unto God. And you say, how am I a priest? By offering praise, by offering sacrifices, by offering offerings. By worship, by coming into his presence, we are able to feel the presence of Almighty God that you felt here this morning was not privileged for all the children of Israel. After the tabernacle came, there was a curtain. There was a, another room. There was a stop. You went as far as the brazen altar. That's all you could do. We who are living in 2023 can read the word and look at all the back and, uh, story and see why it's such a privilege to be able. You know, you say, oh, well, I can come in and clap my hands or I can raise my hand. And that's just, you know, if I want to do it, fine. If I don't want to go to church this morning, that's fine. I want to tell you what a privilege it is. You don't realize how blessed you are to be able to feel the presence of Almighty God, to be able to move into the Shekinah and the holy place. And so in Exodus, the 40th chapter, the tabernacle is finished. That's the last chapter of the book of Exodus. God shows up and moves into the tabernacle. And the word used in the Hebrew is Strong's number H4908, for those of you who are interested. And it means where God dwells. Where God dwells. Now, these books were written on scrolls, and then here it is, Genesis, Exodus, the tabernacle, where God dwells. And when you open up the book of Leviticus, the very first chapter, you know, 
You say, well, what, what are you talking about where God dwells? Well, that, you remember what John 1 and 1 says? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God, and the Word was made flesh. That Word is the Greek tabernacled among us, dwelt among us, tabernacled among us. The Word was made flesh, and we beheld His glory as the only begotten of the Father. And so here is Leviticus, uh, uh, Exodus 40, the tabernacle, 4908, God's habitation, God's dwelling place. And then the name, the next verse over, Leviticus 1 and 1, it starts off, and it uses the word tabernacle, but it's a different Hebrew word. Look it up on your blueletterbible.com. It is not H4908, but it is H168. And you say, what does that mean? Why is that important? Because tabernacle in Exodus was where God dwelt. Leviticus, when it says tabernacle, and it uses a different Hebrew word, it means a meeting place or a place of meeting. So it's not just where he lives, but it's where you get to go and meet him. Amen. Wow. So from Leviticus, the first chapter and the first verse, to Leviticus, the last chapter and the last verse, it is God speaking from the tabernacle. Now, um, and it's not from Mount Sinai, but he's now speaking from the tabernacle. And I, I know there are old charts that talk about the five <coughs> kinds of uh, <coughs> offerings, and <coughs> I'm not going to bore you with that, but just to give you an overview, there is the burnt offering. <coughs> there was number one. Number two was the meal offering or the meat offering, as King James reports it. And then number three <coughs> was a peace offering, and we're not going to talk about all those today. And the fourth offering that is covered in the book of Leviticus is the sin offering offering and the fifth offering is the trespass offering and <clears throat> you had to uh, offer the sin offering before you could offer the burnt offering and the burnt offering and the meal offering and the peace offering were different than the sacrifice for sin or the sacrifice for the trespass offering and I don't want to overwhelm you with all of that today because it'll blow your mind for a moment but Jesus Christ and that's what this diagram shows was the one that did them all he became our meal offering. He became our peace offering. He has become our sin offering. He has become our trespass offering. He has become our burnt offering. And you say, why is that important? Because that's why we're going down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ because we know what Jesus did for us on Calvary. And why is that important? Because this was the tent of meeting. God dwelt in the tabernacle and yet there had to be some offering to allow man to go and meet with God. That's why later in John, John the Baptist says, behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It is because of 
he died on Calvary that I can feel what I feel. It is because of his shed blood. It's because of his mercy. It is not because I'm holy or good or wonderful or I've, I've paid all my dues or crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's. It's not about anything I do. It's not about anything. When you want to receive the Holy Ghost, it is a gift. You just begin to raise your hands like Jet, this young man, begin to raise his hands and worship and praise God. And, and, and I know his parents could tell you that for the past several weeks or whatever it's been, he's been hungry, he's been desiring, he's been intense, he's been con connected to the, I want to be there, I want to worship, and, and immediately the Lord began to baptize him with his spirit. It was a free gift. It wasn't something he had to work for. It wasn't something he had to pay so much money for. It wasn't something that he had to subscribe to. Wasn't something with the fine print. It's free today. You have seven days. Then we'll charge you the full price. Wasn't anything like that. It was without guile. It was free. And then the beautiful part of that was the only reason Jet could receive the Holy Ghost was because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. The only reason, he, that's why he's going down in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today was because that's who died for him. That's who shed his blood. That's who made the way for him to come into the presence of Almighty God and to feel the Shekinah. When you realize that in Exodus, the Bible says the Lord showed up and there was a cloud and there was thick smoke and none of the children of Israel were able to get into that except for those uh, the high priest and that was only once a year and here we are in 2023 in a little service in Newark and a young man steps inside the holy of holies and receives a gift of the Holy Ghost what a privilege and then when that happened, several more of you ran inside the Holy of Holies. You got your own little dose. Huh? They couldn't do that in the Old Testament. That's why it's a type and shadow. Now, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, I know some of y'all are on pins and needles because you're worried if I'm going into false doctrine here. I, I am absolutely not teaching that we're going to have to start offering sacrifices or burn offerings or any of that stuff. I understand. Old Testament said, you know, sacrifice and offerings thou didst not desire. David wrote this. Mine ears hast thou opened, burnt offerings and sin offerings hast thou not required. And yet when this began in Leviticus, they were supposed to have a fire that never went out because people we're supposed to be bringing burnt offerings all the time. Not sin offerings. Sin was when you did something wrong. Trespass offerings, that was when you trespassed against somebody. Sin, you violated something to God. Trespass, you violated something to somebody else. Maybe accidentally even. Could be that you accidentally did something. You trespassed against someone. You offended someone. Anybody ever felt like you've been trespassed against? Or you may have trespassed. You had to bring an offering for that. 
And, and I'm not going to teach on that because that's way over. Nobody's interested in that except those that come on Bible study. Even them sometimes, they're like, I don't know. Why is he teaching on all this? But they're kind to me, so it's okay. But burnt offerings, the first one that was covered, <clears throat> you, you did it just any time, randomly, whatever it was. You, you know, if, if a woman had a child, after the birth of that child, she would bring a burnt offering. If there was anything that was ceremonial or where you were thanking God, you brought a burnt offering. In fact, they had provision in Exodus, the 29th chapter, where you did it daily. You can look it up. In Numbers, it talks about 28th chapter, where you should do it weekly. You should bring every week a burnt offering. It also talks about monthly. At least monthly, you should bring a burnt offering. And then yearly, you should bring a burnt offering. And so here were all these things. People were bringing burnt offerings, and there were three kinds of animals, and, and, I, and I can explain to you why all that was important, but there was an a, 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 a animal from the stall or from the uh, herd, and then there was one, uh, a lamb, and then there were two little birds, and, and I'm not going to go into all that. That's another, that'll be a Monday night subject, but these five offerings, I mentioned them, and when you read in Leviticus, the 14th chapter, that people always offered a sin offering before they offered a burn offering. It was just kind of like, Lord, I'm going to make sure I repent. You know, and so maybe you don't ever feel that way, but that's why I'm going to here to tell you that the altar is not just for sinners, it's for all of us to say, Lord, Wash me, cleanse me one more time. I'm fixing to bring a burnt offering. But I want to make sure I do a sin offering first. <laughs> and maybe you don't pray that way, but you know, whenever I'm, I'm praying for my son-in-laws, <laughs> both of them, one of the first things I say in my prayers, Lord, if we've done anything, if I've said anything, huh? Why am I doing that? Because I'm saying, Lord, I want to make sure I'm clean. Now I'm coming to you. I'm bringing a petition. Afterwards, they would offer the burnt offering. All right. Now, have I, uh, is everybody with me? Have I lost you? Okay. All the offerings, all the priesthood was fulfilled in Jesus. The tabernacle brought God to man. The offering brought man to God. So here we are, Leviticus 1 and 1. And the Lord called Moses and spake unto him out of the tabernacle. And notice that it uses that phrase, of the congregation. And that's because it's a different Hebrew word. It's not out of the capital T, tabernacle, where God dwells. It's the place where he met the congregation. Saying, speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, if any man of you bring an offering unto the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the cattle, even of the herd and of the flock. <clears throat> now just so you're clear, 
the words offering and sacrifice are often used interchangeably, but there was a slight difference. An offering was what you brought to be in fellowship with God. A burnt offering. A sin offering, it was called, was a sacrifice. It was something that you brought in order to ask God to redeem you, to forgive you, to touch you, to cleanse you, to help you. It was often referred to as a sacrifice. Now, the reason is because you get into the New Testament and as I read to you in Psalms where he says offerings and sacrifices, I don't require. Why? Because I don't require the blood of animals because somebody paid for my sin and somebody opened the door for me to get into the presence of God. And that was the Lord Jesus. And so then what is the purpose of studying all of this is basically to, for me to ask the question, what, what are you cooking? What's on the stove? And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. But let's fat jump to the New Testament because I know we're getting overwhelmed. Got so many facts going on, my brain's fried. Paul said it like this. It is not possible that the blood of bulls and of goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he comes into the world, he saith, sacrifice and offering. Two things. The one that pays for your sin, the one that brings you into fellowship. Thou wouldest not but a body thou hast prepared me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins. Both of those. Thou hast no pleasure. Then I said, lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. Above when he said sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not neither has pleasure in them which are offered by the law. Then he said, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second by the which we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Every priest standing daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But this man, after he offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God from henceforth expecting till his enemies be made his footstool for by one offering he hath perfected forever them that are sanctified. Oh, what are you saying? I am saying it's all in him. That's why in everything you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that we, get, we honor and praise today. It's not who I am. It's not who this church is. It's not who it is. It's who he is. It's the only reason we're here. It's the only reason anything, we can have any kind of a service like this, baptism for Jet. Leviticus, the first chapter says, if the offering be of a burnt sac uh, sacrifice of the herd, in other words, a cow, 
He shall offer it of his own, what? Voluntary will. At the door of the tabernacle of the congregation before the Lord. The first thing he had to do was bring that cow. And I'll talk about the other animals in Bible study. But he would bring that cow. <laughs> He's offered a sin offering. Now he brings this cow. And he brought it in before the altar. And he put his hand on it. Not because he was substituting. Not because he was saying, this is taking my place. But I am offering it as a free will offering unto the Lord. And then he would cut its throat. And then he, being me, who has, not the priest. Priest didn't do this. Priest stood there and watched as I brought that cow. And then I started butchering it. And and I, I understand, for those of you who've never been a deer hunter or you've never butchered a lamb or you, you don't understand how, how easy that is and how wonderful it is. But let me explain it to you. You have to use a thing called a gambrel if you're going to do it a decent job at all. And a gambrel is something that spreads the le hind legs apart. And you hook that in, and usually <clears throat> when you're doing it out in the field, and you uh, pull that. Let me, I'll show you a picture of it here. Sorry, I, I, I'm going to go right there. That's a gambrel, <clears throat> for those of you who don't know. And it spreads the legs apart. I any hunters in here know what I'm talking about? few of you, yeah, few of you have seen one of those. And because it just, then you pull the rope, pull it up on a tree. Of course, they were in the tabernacle. They didn't have trees. So what they would do is they made a gambrel out of a stick that went across and then they stuck another stick up to it, hold the top of the gambrel, kind of looked like a cross. And they would hang that lamb on it or that cow or whatever, and then they would start skinning it. And you had to take all the hide off, skin that hide off. <clears throat> then you gave that to the priest. Then you cut up the guy that's doing the burnt offering. Then you cut that animal calf up into pieces. Those of you who've ever deer hunted, that's just a simple job. You just go down to Kroger and buy it in a pack of meat. It was a whole lot worse than that and a whole lot bloodier than that. And they're taking the blood and they're taking it to the, you know, to the door of the tabernacle. And then you took the entrails, the guts out. And if it was a cow... You started washing the insides out. You washed all, of, even though you're going to burn it, nobody's going to eat it. You washed all the guts out. Then you washed the legs of the animal. Then you put it on the fire, a slow smoke, until it would just smoke and smolder and smolder and smolder. And it became, as the Bible describes it, a sweet-smelling savor unto God. 
and you stood there while that burnt offering was being consumed. So, you say, Pastor, this is just groovy. I'm lost. But this is what was exciting to me as I began to study it. And I know we're going to baptize Jet just in a few moments. But what was amazing was how Jesus fulfilled all of this. You see, before the crucifixion, if you will, he was skinned alive, if you will. He was skinned. I'm trying to go back one. Won't let me go back. Go back one slide. You have to see that this was... Jesus was slaughtered. And why was he slaughtered? He did it for me. And, and, and you read as in Isaiah, he was brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And, but, but before Calvary, he was skint. What are you talking about? They accused him of being a Samaritan. That, that's a dirty word. You want to talk about a racist word? That's a half-breed. What they were saying is, you're not really even fully Jewish. Another place they said, you have a devil. Another place they said, you are, have a devil. And, and another place they even called him Beelzebub. You want to talk about ever being offended? Have you ever felt like you've been skinned alive? You ever felt like, man, one time they called him gluttonous and a wine bibber, a friend of publicans and sinners. Jesus said, well, you know, if I'm the devil, the devil divided against itself, a house divided against itself won't stand. But basically, anytime you are skint, you have a couple of options. Do I get mad or do I become a burnt offering? Oh, now what are you saying? I know Jesus is our burnt offering. But when I've been skint, the Bible says we become in the fellowship of his sufferings and identify with him. Huh? To be like Jesus. To be like Jesus. I don't want to be skinned. To be like him. I don't want to have trouble. I just want an easy path. On earth I long. Huh? All right. I'm, I'm, I'm stopping here. Here, here. Here's what Paul said. He said he was accused of sending Titus to Cor Corinth, to the Corinthians, to beguile them for money. And yet he, he told about it in the sixth chapter of 2 Corinthians. He said, I've got an evil report. I've been called a deceiver. And he said, oh, what was his reaction? I will very gladly spend and be spent for you. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I be loved. In other words, he said, it's not, you're not loving me. I'm loving you and you're skinning me alive. Whew. I've been treated wrong. I've been mistreated. I've been done wrong. Why don't you bring a sin offering and then decide to be a burnt offering? Whew. That's meddling, I know. 
But it is so. I didn't burden you. Nevertheless, being crafty, I caught you with guile. Did I make gain of any of you? Did I send Titus to get money from you, to make gain of you? Notice how he ends this discussion. Walk we not in the same spirit? Walk we not in the same steps? Again, think ye that we excuse ourselves unto you. We speak before God in Christ, before, but we do all things, dearly beloved, for your edifying. When you've been misunderstood and you can come back into the presence of Almighty God and say, Lord, I want to bring an offering. I know. I feel like I've been skinned alive. But I want to get into your presence one more time. I've been cut to pieces. People looked at Jesus and they wagged their head and they said, oh, surely he saved others. What is he? Look at him up there. He called himself. The, the chief priest even came by. They looked at him. You talk about saying, save yourself. Who are you? Who do you think you are? Here in the midst of all of this. Talking about him. This was after being beaten, after being tortured, after being all of this. The crowd of thorns and they mocked him and they scourged him. Say, I don't want to go through that. I don't want to be like him. <laughs> Let me tell you burn offering something that swells, smells sweet to God is when you can go through it open not your mouth and then let your insides get washed get your innards washed because you know inside I'm still mad I'm not saying anything but mm, he said Grab some water. After you've been cut up, wash that inside out. What am I doing? I'm preparing. I'm cooking an offering for the Lord. Pastor, you don't know what I've been through this week, but I am preparing a meal. Oh, I'm fixing to meet God. It's, it's a whole different ball game when I start thinking of myself as coming into his presence. I'm going to wash my legs where I've been walking. I'm going to wash my guts out whenever I feel like I've been done wrong. I'm going to wash because I want to be a sweet-smelling savor. I want to feel the Shekinah of Almighty God. I want to feel the presence of Almighty God. What are you saying? That's why Paul could say it like this, and I, I'm going to read this, and I'm through. We're, we're going to get ready to stand. In fact, stand. He said, but what things were gained to me? He said, let me tell you. He said, what things were gained to me? I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things what are you talking about <laughs> and do count them but dumb that I may win Christ and be found in him that's an important phrase <laughs> I'll tell you about it tonight but just to give you a, a wet your lips you know 
That doesn't start the phrase in him until at the book of Acts. From then on, all through the epistles, it talks about being in him. The other times it talks about coming to him. But after the day of Pentecost, now we are able to move in him. Woo. He said being found in him. <laughs> Not having my own righteousness. I don't have my own righteousness. But I know he was the first burnt offering. And they skinned him. And so therefore, the priest was allowed to keep the skin of the animal. And then guess what? Now I can put on his skin. It's not my righteousness but his righteousness in the waters of baptism. Uh, he said, which is of the law, but that which is through faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that I may know him in the power of the resurrection. You can't know him in the power of the resurrection until you've been flayed and skinned, <laughs> cut up, gutted, washed. Come out of an apostolic service, having gone through it all week, being made conformable unto his death. Oh, hallelujah. If by any means I might attain to the resurrection, he goes on down, he said, this one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. We have anybody here cooking a burnt offering today? You've been through anything this week? Why don't you come and bring it as a sacrifice of praise? Hallelujah, let's come.